I got more teach than I got time. But let me remind you of Ephesians 2.10. Remember, this has been our verse all year long. Remember I told you the story about how the Clemson was behind in the semifinal game and they had 96 yards to go and the quarterback walks up to his team and says, guys, we're built for this. In the middle of that challenge, they remembered what they were built for. And the Bible tells us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Guys, we're built for this. We're built for this season. We're built to handle this kind of challenge. So there's no need to trip. There's no need to get concerned. Yes, wash your hands. Yes, use hand sanitizer. Yes, social distance and all that other kind of stuff. But we're built for this. We are meant to be the church in this time and in this season. Is that all right? So let me just share with you. This, it's really more like a Sunday school lesson. But I believe God wants to speak to somebody and speak to us as a church about where we are. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 13. Genesis chapter 6. It's the very first one in your Bible. It should be the first one listed in your Bible app. But if you're one of those people that you just got to have the same translation as the preacher, I got you. I put it up on the screens. Watch what the Bible says in Genesis 6, beginning at verse 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Verse 14. So build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Verse 15, make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. That's about the height of a four-story building. Then he says, leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. I want to talk about just real quick today. I just want to talk about the ark of safety. The ark of safety. That was a old song in an old Baptist church that we used to sing about the ark of safety. Um, no, notice, notice this passage that God says in verse 13. He says it again in verse 17 that he, something bad is about to come your way. Some bad stuff is coming, Noah. Uh, there's some stuff I'm going to do. So I want you and your family, watch this, to self-quarantine. There's stuff coming, but I want you to go somewhere that you prepare to self-quarantine. Notice that to take the step of self-quarantine was an act of faith and not of fear and not of cowardice. Because I know some of y'all saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and that with fire anyhow. 
And so you have declared, this, I, I, my God is stronger than, and you ain't washed your hands yet. Shame on you. Just be, watch this. Why wouldn't God give you instructions to keep you safe? If you belong to him. See, I'm already in somebody's Kool-Aid. You're looking at me out the side of your neck. That's all right. I'm just saying, well, well, Pastor, how can you say it out? That's an act of faith. Well, Hebrews 11, verse 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about the things that had never happened before. I didn't say it was an act of faith. The Bible says. That's what Deacon Hargrove used to say. The Bible says. It was an act of faith. He, he, God told him some stuff was coming and told him, here's some instructions to keep you safe. And as Noah obeyed the instructions, it was proof that he was walking by faith, not by fear. But now, I got to keep on moving because I ain't got enough time. But look, look at the promise of what God say he would accomplish in Noah and in his family during that time of quarantine. Look at verse 18. He says, but I will confirm, (laughs) I will confirm my covenant, I love it, with you, so enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Watch this. The Lord says, in this time where you are self-quarantined, I'm going to take you deeper by showing you stuff that you don't know yet about me and my relationship with you. Because some of y'all who went to Sunday school, some of y'all deep Bible scholars, you know, God did not make a covenant with Noah till after the flood was over. But God told him before the flood even came, there's some stuff I'm going to do during the flood while you're on the boat. That I'm going to show you who I am at a deeper level during this quarantine. Listen, I believe that... All of this stuff that's happening, I believe that this is a time for us to grow in the depth of our spirituality. It's time for us to grow up and grow into maturity through this time and through this process. It's time for us as the church to grow deep. So think about all the times, you know, you you worried about whether they're going to tell you to stay home. How many days did you get up and want to stay home instead of going to work? Here's the Lord answering your prayer. Now you mad. All of the children that said, why we got to go to school this morning? Now you don't. But in this time, God says, I want to confirm my covenant with you. I want to grow you deep. Watch this. Rather than relying on some system of religion, God was pushing Noah into a new aspect of how to serve him and walk with him. I believe that it's in this time, whatever they may say, whatever may be mandated, because listen, I'm I'm not silly. I believe God, but I watch men. And based upon what's going on, it is not inconceivable that America will soon have to go the way of Italy. And them folks are going through. But in that time, what if... God is breaking us away from what we're comfortable with in terms of how we connect with him. 
and making us go deeper one-on-one with him. All right, you, you already looking at me like that. That's, right, okay. But the thing that, that really flummoxes me. Yes, I took the SAT. It flummoxes me about the specific instructions about the ark's construction. God gave very detailed instructions for how this boat was to be built. Look what he says in verse 14. He says, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Uh, An artist's rendering shows you that it was a flat-bottomed, rectangular vessel which science has proved is more water-worthy than other constructions. You see how, you remember how pirate ships are kind of built? They are less seaworthy with that kind of curved construction than a rectangular construction. That's why, if you'll notice, they're building aircraft carriers and they're building tankers now more like this. Maybe God knew something that we're just now figuring out in our science, right? So he, he tells them, build this flat bottom boat. He, he tells them to make sure that it has three decks in it. It, is, it was, show me the next one. It, it was 450 feet wide. So that's about twice as long as a 747. It's, it was smaller than the cruise ships that are all docked now. Let's pray for the carnival employees right now in the name of Jesus. Um, it's, it's, it was much smaller than the Titanic, but it was large enough to hold family, Noah's family, him, his three sons, his wife, and their wives, as well as, the Bible says, animals. Now, before you start to trip, before you, well, how did they get all of them in there? Remember that he said every kind of animal. So watch this. You don't need every breed of dog. You just need a wolf. Then by the wolf adapting to different environments and evolving into what it needs to in that environment, you get every kind of dog with just two wolves. You don't need every kind of sheep. You just need two. See, I'm messing with somebody's whole, well, evolution doesn't fit with science. Yeah, it kind of does. Watch this. He tells him that the way that this boat is supposed to be instructed, constructed has two oddities, though. Here, here's what messes with me. Look at this. He says, leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Notice the door. Watch this. God said to put the door in the side. Not in the front, but in the side. There's not a bunch of doors. There's just one door. Why would he tell them to do just one door in the side? It's because the door is a picture of Jesus. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, I am 
the door. Anyone who enters by me will be saved. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jesus already told them in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There was only one way in. Once the rain started, I'm sure some folks wanted to climb up the side, but there was only one door. You can try Buddha, you can try Rastafarianism, you can try a bunch of stuff, but there's only one way to be saved, and you got to come through the door. But notice about the door, the door had to be laid down in order to go in. Jesus said this, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Because I am the door, I will lay myself down so that you can enter in. But then notice that it said that the door was in the side. Well, how does that picture Jesus? Because the Bible says in John 19 that they pierced Jesus. The ark of safety, watch this, isn't a boat that you're looking for. It's Jesus. It's the one that you need in the storm that is coming. You have to make sure you enter in by Jesus, the one who laid down his life. And if you are entered into him, watch this. The Bible says in in Genesis that once everybody was in, God himself closed the door. There's only one door. And you had to go in by the door that was on the side. But here's the strangest part to me. The Bible says, you shall make a window in the ark. But the window was not where the door was. The window was not in the side. The window was in the roof. Only one window, but it wasn't in the side. Why? Because when you look out, you get scared. Think about it. If, I, if you're sitting right there and I said, look out! You go to flinching and jumping because you don't know what's coming at you. Because watch this. When you look out, you operate by sight and not by faith. Well, then why was the window in the roof? Because watch this. No matter how long this storm was... Whatever happened that they had to go through that was making them crazy, whenever they got sick and tired of seeing each other and the animals that they were self-quarantined with, whenever it felt like God had forgotten about them, all they had to do was... When you look your, keep your eyes on Jesus, it doesn't matter how long this storm is going to take. It doesn't matter what happens on the outside. When you have entered into the ark of safety, when you've put your life in the life of Jesus, when storms come, and they will come, don't look out because then you'll be operating in fear. But the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. you got to keep looking up. The Bible says, Jesus told them when these things start to happen, it's not time to be afraid. He said, look up 
for your redemption draweth nigh. I wish I had some help in here. It's You got to keep looking up. You can't keep your eyes on what's happening. He put the window in the roof so that every time they got sick and tired of a storm, all, the only way they could find any light was to look up. And when they looked up, they remembered that the rain came from God in heaven. And as long as he is above the rain, then he is above this storm. He's above what's happening in my life. And I don't need to be afraid. I need to keep The storm is coming. And there may be instructions to self-quarantine. But realize he wants to talk to us and take us deep in this moment. Because if, you're, if you've come in through the door of Jesus, you're in a safe place. And no matter how tough it gets, conservative estimates are telling us it may be eight or nine weeks. Before things start getting better. Eight or nine weeks with my children all together in the house. You better look up. The only way we're going to make it through this storm. Is to recognize what the arc of safety is all about. And recognize that just because you don't like the instructions doesn't mean that they aren't God's instructions to keep you safe. I don't know how, what this is going to look like, but I know he put me in his ark. And I know that he's put me in a place where I can only look up. That's why the Bible says we look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So listen, with, with that in mind, uh, there's some things I need to let you know. Um, based upon where things are and based upon what's happening, um, yes, I am a man of faith, but I also am somebody who believes that you got to look and see what's happening and interpret it through the eyes of God and through the eyes of Scripture. And so um, this, this is where we are at. This will more than likely be our last public worship service. Okay? Um, for a little while. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know how long yet. I mean, it would be great. My, like, my prayer, I'm going to tell you, this, this is me. My prayer request is, Lord, let this be over the Sunday, the, the Saturday before Resurrection Sunday. Because then we have a great time Easter Sunday together. But uh, it's looking more like May. Uh, Miami-Dade has declared that, you know, this is a state of emergency, and they've re recommended that um, all gatherings, even smaller gatherings uh, that aren't essential, be reconsidered. Well, church is essential to me, right? Um, but I think God is up to something bigger. That's why we're still following the cloud. Remember I told you back in June when we first started this journey <laughs> that we're just following the, the presence of God and what God wanted to do, and we're still doing that. Um, and I believe that what God is up to is he set up a time for us to grow deep as a church. Um, I, I think things have shifted now to what they're calling community spread. People are no longer testing positive for the virus because they travel to somewhere else. They're now getting it from people here. 
Um, one of the things that I have done all this past week was to check the Florida Department of Health website and watching the counts. And we're at the point now where things are growing exponentially. Uh, Tuesday morning, there were 22 cases in the entire state. By Wednesday morning, it was 42. By Thursday morning, it was 75. And those cases are no longer, well, I got it from traveling somewhere. Okay? So I think that we've hit the community spread phase of this thing. Uh, and the concern is this, that the, with the fact that you can be asymptomatic, you can feel fine and still be carrying the virus. So it doesn't matter if I give you an elbow bump because I'm within six feet and you feel fine, you might still give it to somebody else. Right? Remember what it means to be biblical and balanced and beneficial. Right? Uh, so the elders and I were concerned for our older members and the fact that, the, you know, whatever the, the, the risk factors are, it's not just who's coughing. You could be asymptomatic, right? Uh, and so with this, what we're seeing is, uh, and trust me on this, I've been doing this all my adult life. So I've been involved in church ministry and church leadership since 1997, okay? So I've been doing this for a minute. And for 25 years, we've been talking about how, uh, what it would look like for the church to invade the online atmosphere. Because, let's think about it, uh, Hollywood and the LGBTQ plus groups have reached and discipled an entire generation in less than 15 years using movies and TV. And we were told to make disciples of the whole world. But we stayed in church. And God has been saying to the church, these are the avenues I want you in. And then we wouldn't listen because we like church. Listen, I've been, I've been talking to friends and pastors literally all over the country. One guy, one guy next week uh, to help his church kind of deal with this, they're actually having a funeral service where they're funeralizing the old way of doing ministry because God is forcing them into a new thing. And it's a grief. There's a grieving. He, he met with his praise team talking about the shift yesterday and cried the whole time because he likes church the way that he knows church. But God is pushing us to reach a world that interacts through a screen. And we wouldn't listen so he sends something to force us into what has already been on his mind from 25 years ago. Are you seeing that this thing is bigger than a virus? It's bigger than a pandemic. God is looking at the church and saying, can you be the new church? Not just the old church. Right? But, but with that comes all kinds of questions. Uh, how do you fellowship in a time of social distancing? What does it look like? Because we, we claim to be the hugginest church this side of heaven. How do you do that when you got to stay six feet apart? Maybe fellowship means more than just a hug. Uh, how do you define and practice corporate worship if folks have to stay at home? If by law we can't meet together. Uh, how can we leverage technology to fulfill the four purposes of the church? Rick Warren, you know, he wrote the, the Purpose Driven Life book. 
uh, years before that, he wrote a book where he talked about the purpose of the church as the bride of Christ. Is, is The four purposes of the church are wife, W-I-F-E, worship, instruction, fellowship, and evangelism. Was the four purpose of the, how do we do? How can we use technology to do those four things? Is this the season to grow? If this is the season to grow deeper, how do we do that rather than relying on church attendance as a crutch for whether we're spiritually maturing or not? Because some of us think we all of that because we come to church every so often. What if he wants to confirm his covenant? While he has you in an ark of safety. These are some deep questions. How, knowing what's happening in Italy. And if we go the way of Italy. How can we as the church minister to the anxieties and the mental health issues. Of being cooped up with our children for eight or nine weeks. I love my children. But there's only so much square footage. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all ain't feeling me but. You'll learn in a minute. So listen, what, what we're proposing to do is to use technology to assist us to do those wife purposes. So what that will look like is um, you will be seeing the Sunday morning message uh, that will come out at 1030, like we normally and regularly do. Uh, but we will send out by text some suggested worship songs before you enter into the time of the word. So that you can worship at home. And then still be taught the word of God through that meeting. Y'all should see how y'all looking at me right now. I'm going to keep going anyway. Watch this. Um, we're, we're talking about making sure that on Monday morning, everybody who's connected gets a text where we're all studying the same passage of scripture. And I'll send you the text as well as some study questions for you to work through all week. Because we got to grow deep. Right? Uh, You'll daily get from me a word of encouragement by text. It's interesting. God's been having me practice on my family so that now we could do it for each other. Um, we'll send out a weekly prayer list of things to be praying for, for you and for others. We'll still have our Kingdom Seekers Bible study on Wednesday nights at 730 through Facebook Live. So that the, if he's calling us and putting in this place to grow deep, we're going to leverage technology to do that. Right? Well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like it either. But apparently God is after something that is past my comfort zone. And watch this. He asks his people, I'm going to do a new thing. But the problem is, are you going to be so stuck in what I did that you're missing what I'm doing? Listen, we want you to communicate to the church. If the economic ripple effects start to disrupt your employment or your livelihood, we're working on building up a resource list of places to go. If your job decides to cut you instead of allowing you to be at home on sick pay, what does that look like? We as the church, according to Acts 2, it's our job to help each other out economically through times like this. And so we want you communicating with us through info at refugechurchmiami.org or through the website or through uh, our, our social media platforms. Let us know what those situations are so that we can still be the church with one another. Uh, giving is still going to be crucial. The thing that I praise God for is that about 75 to 80 some percent of our giving is online already. 
I praise God for that. Because there are some churches right now who don't have that platform who are literally making the decision either this Sunday or next to close. Because if everybody stays home and nobody comes and gives in an envelope, they can't operate. So we want you to still use the Givelify app. You can go through our website in the Connect dropdown, uh, refugechurchmiami.org. You can give by mail. You can mail some stuff in. Uh, we have a P.O. box that's already set up where you can send that, and there's the P.O. box address right there. Um, we, there still will be ministry to do. There still will be needs to be met. The people that help me connect with you in these online platforms, I still need them as a part of the team. And so that your, your giving is still going to be crucial because, watch this, just because we don't meet doesn't mean his commands for us to tithe and to give have gone away. Amen, lights and walls. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. Uh, we're going to use technology to stay connected to each other. If we're at that point where we're locked down like that, call each other regularly. Now, I'm, I'm not one advocating for, well, get in your car and go visit somebody because you might be dragging stuff into their house. Talking about I love you in Jesus' name and just made somebody sick. But we can text each other, can email each other. I'm actually advocating using FaceTime or a video app chat that you may have on your platform or on your phone and check in on people and talk to each other through the technology that we use for other stuff. What if we could use it to fulfill that F of the wife? The fellowship can actually be done face to face through a phone. Check on your senior saints. Check on the single saints. Now, it's one thing for me to be locked up with my children. But what if it's just you and your dog? After a while, your dog stopped talking to you. Right? Well, we need to make sure that we're still fellowshipping with each other. Even if we can't get to each other physically, God has put us in a place where we can still be person to person, face to face, and not even have to be next to each other. So I'm asking that, that we would think about ways to stay connected to each other. Uh, Elder Trey is going to have some information that will be up on our website very soon for all of those in C groups using uh, their group chats and WhatsApp and the stuff that you've already done as a way and a means to keep each other informed and fellowship with each other. Uh, whether that's sharing prayer requests or praise reports or, Lord, these children getting on my nerves, whatever it might be, uh, th that's the way to do it. Um, also, recognize that this virus will be airborne only if a carrier is near you within six feet. But that doesn't say that you have to stay locked in your house. Go outside. Walk in God's creation. It's something about being able to walk outside and see the bigness of God that makes your situation seem small. Go for a walk. Go, go take a walk in the park. Just don't stop by the playground. Get, get the kids in the backyard. Let, let, let them get outside. Do some stuff other than just stays locked in some walls. Okay? Because as we do that, we will stay in the arc of safety. We will be able to keep looking up and we'll still be able to still be the church. And yes, this is a shift that I cannot stand. I love preaching to y'all every Sunday. Well, most Sundays. It ain't y'all. Sometimes I wake up with a, I don't want to. Right? But most Sundays, th this brings me joy. So to have to talk to a screen and preach to a screen 
and you know, Elder Trey don't say stuff back to me, and and because I'm on the screen, it just, it's different. But God can be in it. God told Noah, some stuff is coming. I'm gonna keep you safe. You're gonna hate it, but once I get you in the door, you're good. As long as you keep looking up. Listen, history has proven there has never been a storm that did not end. This too shall pass. It's only a season. It's only a test. We're going to be all right. God is still faithful and God still is keeping his promises and he's still keeping his purposes on us as the church. Church may be different. Different doesn't have to be bad. You got to make it what it needs to be. So in your house, figure out. You know, my children, we, we, we did this uh, a couple of weeks ago. We, we played our uh, praise and worship videos on YouTube on, on, the, on the big screen at home. And we got to do our praise and worship. Then we let each one of them pick their style of song that worked for them. And we had to learn how to worship to some hard rock song that made no sense. But I, I did my best to try to see Jesus in it. You should have seen Lady Bree's face. She was like, she looked at me and I was like, but it spoke to them. Right? You still Watch this. You still have to pastor your family. You still have to pastor yourself. And yet God put us in a season and in a time of history where we can still be the church even if they say we can't meet together. And God will still be glorified. And I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, I'm, I'm both a theologian and a historian by training. When you study the history of the church, the church from its beginning has had one of three relationships with the state or with the government. We're trying to get protection from the government. We engage the government so they can stop messing with us. Then we try to take over the government so make other folks do what we want because we think it's right. Whenever we get to that third stage, God sends disasters to level it back out so the church can change and be the real church it was meant to be. Every time. It happened during the Roman Empire. It happened right before the Reformation. It happened again in the 1700s. Every time. This ain't nothing new to God. He knew the storm was coming. So if I have to quarantine, I can still be the church. I can still connect with God. I can still connect with you. It's going to be a little different, but we're going to ride it out. And when you get stir crazy, everybody stand to their feet. Clear your hands if you, if you are able. And I want you to lift your hands as a sign of surrender to God. Repeat after me. Lord, I don't like where I am, but I love you. And I believe that you have set this situation up 
to take us deep. So, Father, we walk in to the ark of safety. And when we get stir crazy, we will look up. Now, Father, I pray that your grace and your power might stand in us, rest, rule, and abide in us. I pray for your church, that this would be the season where we would be the church. Lord, we are built for times just like this. And so whatever the shift, whatever the changes, whatever the transitions, whether we like them or not, we trust you to keep us safe. Lord, we lift up our country now. We lift up our state now. We lift up our leaders now. And we pray, Lord God, that you would stay this disease by your hand of mercy. We pray, oh God, that you would bring the wisdom of men to an end and let the voice of God be heard and resonate in this earth. Lord, even use what we see as a disaster, as a setup for a revival harvest to be released in our country and around the world. Thank you that you always follow up times like these with seasons of renewal and growth for the church and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, thank you for choosing us to be alive in a time like this. Help us, give us the grace to change and shift and adjust and to pivot so that we might be the new church that we need to be in these new circumstances. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We love you. We exalt your great name. We trust you even when we can't trace you. We believe what you are about even if we don't understand what you are doing. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We magnify your name. We worship you in the beauty of your holiness. We give you great glory and praise because there's no God like you. How excellent is your name in all the earth. We give you praise we lift you up higher than our situations higher than our concerns higher than our worries you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us and when we get frustrated we'll just keep looking up in jesus name in jesus name amen 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 come on and bless the name of god with me just for a second now act like the praise team is singing your song in your key. Come on and bless the name of God. There's nobody like our God. Use praise as your weapon. Use praise to beat back coronavirus. Use praise to beat back depression. Use praise to beat back economic issues. Use your praise as your weapon. Let God fight this battle. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus.